0: Hello, friends. Welcome to Heidi's Colorful Colorado. I'm your host, Heidi Ginal, a wife, mom of four, CU Regent, and the founder of Camp Bow Wow and The She Factor. With a passion for keeping the spirit of our state alive and well, I started this podcast to bring the people of Colorado together to celebrate the amazing state we call home. Come along on this journey with me as I travel across our old country roads in my vintage RV, interviewing folks that embody the true spirit of the Rocky Mountains. From the Front Range to the Mile High City to the Wild West of Southern Colorado, we'll celebrate the history, beauty, and Coloradans that make this place the colorful state it is. Each week, you'll meet people trailblazing the way for an even more colorful future for us all, making a huge difference along the way. Are you ready for a Rocky Mountain ride? Let's do this, Colorado. Welcome to Heidi's Colorful Colorado. Today we're in for a special treat. I have a friend, an entrepreneur, one of the best entrepreneurs in Denver. You're kind of like a hidden secret, Jess. I mean, most of us that know you know you and know how big you are, but you do a lot of work behind the scenes in the entrepreneur community. So welcome, Jess Viakovich, and I want you to tell us a little
1: bit about how you... Came to Colorado. Oh yeah! Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's always great to do a podcast and do a podcast with one of your friends. <laughs> um, so Colorado, I actually I followed love to Colorado. So <laughs> I grew up in a small town in southern New Jersey and started dating um, a acquaintance from high school. We weren't high school sweethearts, and he had moved out to Aspen. So we started dating, and about three months in, he's like, "All right, you know, commuting to New Jersey and Aspen's not really great." So we had to make a decision. And he was either going to move back home or I was going to move to Aspen. And his company offered me a job in housing. And I was like, you know, 23 years old. I'm like, who turns down free housing in Aspen, you know? (laughs) Um, So that's what originally brought me out here. That was in 2008. Um, And have been here ever since I did a two-year stint in Florida in between. But I've been here basically since 2008. And you like it here. Yeah, I love it here. Yeah. You've
0: got a beautiful home and... I love your
1: dogs. Your dogs have their own Instagram page. They do. Their Instagrams are Sailor and Moose. They're our traveling dogs. Sailor's <laughs> been to every continental U.S. state, and he's been to eight Canadian provinces.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yeah.
1: Moose is new. He's only two years old, so I think he's on state number 16. We're still working through.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Jess, have you always
1: been an entrepreneur? No. Actually, I haven't. Um, I grew up, my grandparents were entrepreneurs, and my parents, I think, saw the ups and downs of that, so my dad was an educator, my mom was a nurse, both recently retired, but I grew up in a household, like, get a good job, steady job, 401k, so I did that for the first few years of my career, I actually worked for an NHL team and an NFL team. Really? Yeah, and then when I moved out here, I worked for a commercial real estate developer, but when the 8 09 crisis hit, I kind of thought, like, that whole idea blew up in my head, right? The safety of a job and a career. Because here I am sitting at Aspen working for a company based out of New York. And somebody in a big office building just took a pen to my name and was like, hey, this, this person's got to go. We've got to cut jobs. So the realization for me there was that jobs aren't actually safe, Right from anything, but what I did feel safety in was creating a job for myself as an entrepreneur. So that's what kicked me into entrepreneurship.
0: And Al, your husband's an entrepreneur too. Was he always an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, so he's always been an entrepreneur. He grew up in um, an entrepreneurial family. His family owned fish factories on the East Coast. So, like, if you stinky ever stinky job, seriously stinky <laughs> job. So he started working in the fish factory when he was like 10 or 12. But if you ever wonder how, like, that lobster, that scallop gets to your plate if you're in Philly or Boston, that that's part of what they did. Um, so he, he did the corporate thing for a little bit too. He worked for Liberty Mutual and UBS and then the same real estate developer. But he always wanted to go into business for himself. That was always the plan.
0: So when you two met, was it, like, entrepreneurial like excitement exploding like or did all is that all you talked about or
1: was it different it, it really wasn't until we knew how bad the recession was going to be especially in real estate development like we knew it was going to hit us hard and so we started talking on like hikes and like just ideas and we'd throw out all these ideas and I remember this one and this so this is 2008 so this probably I don't think it existed at the time, but I was like, why don't we build like a website where you could track your health and you could log, you know, your steps and you could <laughs> and you could have all these workouts on there because I've always been really athletic. And then Al and I were both like, no, that's a dumb idea. No one's going to do that. So that was like one of our first ideas. Um, but oh, we eventually oh. settled in, our first business was in the wine industry. So yeah, but we had all kinds of ideas.
0: Yeah, that's how I've always been or I've always loved just sitting and writing on the back of a napkin over a meal or re- a beer. Like, yeah. hey, what if we did this or how have we st-? I think that's how we started Camp Bow wow, or wrote the business plan for that originally mm. it was over a Michelob at uh, at three margaritas up in Broomfield, no yeah. way. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: it's how the best ideas start, though, right? I think so. I think so. I, th- I I like to call us entrepreneurs like artists. You know, we have this. We have to have this creative outlet, and we love creating things instead of paintings or sculptures, etc. Yes. Or I guess we like creating solutions to problems. Is that the best yeah, way to say? Yeah, I it? think so.
1: I think so. But it's definitely a creative
0: outlet, right? Yeah. Um, Jess, you are the president of EO, one of the largest entrepreneur organizations around. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about EO and how people can get engaged or involved in EO. Yeah,
1: so EO stands for Entrepreneurs Organization. It's a worldwide organization, but there's chapters in every major city and major state. So EO Colorado, we've got about 150 members. um, And then we also have an accelerator program, too. So it's basically kind of a mastermind group for entrepreneurs, I think, Um, A lot of times when you start your own company, you you think that you're going to be surrounded by all these people, and then as the company grows, you actually become lonelier, right? Mm -hmm. As you have more employees and more people that you're accountable to, right? So EO is kind of that support group mastermind for entrepreneurs. And then like I mentioned, there's also an accelerator part of it too. So people that are just starting businesses, just growing, they're able to join the accelerator program and try and scale their businesses really fast, Um, So yeah, EO Colorado is like one of the most active chapters. Obviously, I think it's the best chapter. (laughs) (laughs) But um, we've got some of the best entrepreneurs in the state. Um, You know, there's there's some really awesome alumni that started the chapter that are still around as mentors and things like that. It's a great community.
0: So you also have a podcast. Tell us a little bit about your podcast.
1: Yeah, so my podcast is called The Deal Board. Um, And what my business is now is we help people buy and sell companies in Colorado. So Yeah, minor
0: detail. We should have talked about that.
1: (laughs) So yeah, we're basically like realtors for businesses. So if somebody wants to buy or sell a business in Colorado, we're kind of the go-to source. But on the podcast, nobody really talks about buying and selling businesses especially small businesses, right? So we kind of pull back the curtain and we say, this is how these deals get done. This is how they get financed. This is what a deal structure would look like, how you would find a deal. Um, So we kind of do like all the behind the scenes work on the podcast.
0: Which is really complicated stuff. I remember when I went to sell Camp Bow Wow and, and I thought, you know, okay, I'll just hire someone. They'll do it. Oh my gosh. I mean, the insane amount of homework you have to do before you sell your business is intense and then going through the process is intense and usually the process falls apart a few times and you have to put it back together or move on and then once you finally sell it then you have to deal with all the emotional fallout that you just sold your baby and you got to figure out what you're going to do with your life.
1: Yeah all I of describe that. I described that pretty well. That was <laughs> pretty much yes our entire process in a nutshell. <laughs> But it's, yeah, it's so important, and actually, Colorado is one of the most active business brokerage markets in the country, for us being not, like, not a major market, just because we have so many people moving into the state, there's a desire to buy businesses, Um, and just people don't think about it as, like I said, as small business owners, we always think, you know, if you're going to sell your business, you have to be this big, giant company, and and that's not true. Um, so we do a lot of smaller businesses, Mom and Pops and Main Streets, you see all the time. So,
0: And tell us how somebody who's interested in buying or selling a business can get in touch with you on that angle.
1: Oh, yeah. So you can go to our website, TWorldColorado.com, and our, our podcast is on there, too, if anybody just wants to check out the episodes.
0: That's fantastic. Um, Jess, tell us a little bit about why you love Colorado or how you explain why you love Colorado to people not from here.
1: Mm. I always start with – I love that people choose to live here, right? So I grew up in a really small town, like I said, in southern New Jersey. No one really leaves. I mean, my mom just moved out here. We were talking about this. Um, this is the first time she's ever moved more than 10 miles in her entire life. Oh, my gosh. Um, but like, I, that's like the environment I grew up. And then I move out here. And everyone has picked up their lives. Not everyone. There's a lot of natives. But a lot of people have picked up their lives and chosen to live here. And even the natives still choose to live here. And what I love about that culture is that everyone's just happy and grateful to be living in this community that we've built.
0: That's a great way to explain it. Mm -hmm. One of the best so far, I think.
1: Oh, good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We don't have an award for that, but grateful. Yes. Thank you. For your your words. Um,
1: What's the most Colorado thing you've ever done? Um, I was thinking about this, and I think, like, we're big road trip people, Um, so we've done a lot of camping. We recently just bought one of those, like, Airstream camper vans, but... Yeah, we've just road tripped all over the country and all over the state. I think when we, um, after our Florida stint, we moved back here, I think we visited every mountain town within the first year. Um, So, yeah, just, like, a lot of the the road tripping and, and checking off, like, all the different towns to visit and things like that. I think that's the most Colorado thing we've done. I mean... We've done the 14ers and skiing, and but everybody can check those boxes, I think, at this point. So.
0: Yeah, that's pretty unique. And I, we just went to Alamosa this last weekend, and mm-hmm. I loved going to all the little towns along the way and stopping for ice cream or stopping just to take pictures or let the dog out or whatever. But uh, it, everyone has its own flavor. And so much character, and the people are so kind.
1: I I love it. I mean, like, even when we have a place in Texas, so even when we drive to Texas, we take a different route every time (laughs) to try and hit, like, that southeastern corner of the state. And you get to drive through all these cool little towns that you would never know about, so.
0: No, in fact, um, we were talking to the folks down in Alamos about how Del Norte... They say mm-hmm. it, Del Norte, not Del Norte, yep. um, is a th- like thriving with young people moving there. And it's kind of this little entrepreneurial hub that's starting. Have you heard this? I haven't
1: heard about Del Norte, but I've heard other small towns across the state are developing these entrepreneurial and small business communities. And I think one of the blessings we got out of the last 18 months is that you can do business from a lot of different places in the world now. And hopefully, some of these smaller towns benefit from that.
0: Yeah. And, you know, nobody knows entrepreneurship in Colorado better than you, Jess. I, I, I believe that. And that's why you're the perfect leader for EO and also for the business that you do. So what's the state of the state right now? How are entrepreneurs feeling? How are small business owners feeling? Um, what's their temperature?
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting because overall, it's been generally optimistic. Right. And, and I do attribute that a lot to our community where like whenever I see anything happen in this state, whether it's, you know, the floods we had a few years back or fires or this now, you know, the pandemic, I, I just see our community band together. And I saw that with small business owners and entrepreneurs. So it, it was funny when we were prepping and we're trying to go through all of our clients' financials at the end of the year. It's something we do every year. And we're pre- preparing our team to say, hey, this could be a really rocky year. It, really wasn't that bad. It wasn't as bad as everybody predicted. We actually saw a lot of businesses thrive. Um, We saw a lot of businesses get really creative and use resources that the state put together, the SBCC put together, chambers put together, and they got more profitable even if their revenue went down. And I think that generated just like an optimistic spirit, which was really great to see turning the corner into 2021. Um, there's still a lot of ways to go. I mean, revenue's still down across like some major industries, like the ones we all think about, but like restaurant and hospitality as a whole, tourism. Um, there's a like really hard hit. So it's, it's almost like there's, there's a huge difference and there's a huge gap. There's like those three industries and maybe a couple others that really suffered the brunt mm-hmm. of the pandemic and shutdowns and things like that. And everyone else came out okay. Um, so I think there will be some responsibility on us as entrepreneurs to make sure we're lifting up our colleagues in those industries and helping.
0: That's a great point, and I mean, that's how we met, right? Mm -hmm. Being introduced to support each other, and we were both building businesses and kind of paving our way in the world of entrepreneurship in Colorado. And um, it's been such a blessing to have you as a friend and mentor, mentee, mentor, mentee. We yeah, I know, right? right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the best kind of relationship. <laughs> it is, it
0: is. And I think um, if we could end on anything, what advice do you have for young
1: entrepreneurs who are just getting started in, it's, it's
0: a scary time to start a business. So what do you tell them?
1: Um, well, first of all, I think the scariest times are the best times to start a business, right? That's a great point. So you hear stories of the time like FedEx was started, I think, in the Depression or maybe a recession. You know, Disney was. Um, there's a bunch of other big companies. We started our first company. Um, I mentioned I lived in Florida for a while. We started our first company in the middle of the recession on the Florida Gulf Coast the month that the BP oil spill happened. Oh, my God. So, but like, in some of those scary times is when you can actually have some really key advantages. Uh, So, as an entrepreneur, if somebody's thinking about this now, they're younger. You've got that spirit. You've got that hard work, that tenacity. You can really thrive in times of scarcity and uncertainty. But you have to have like a really strong mental capacity (laughs) to do it. Like you have to have some belief. You have to have support. I think that's what I did wrong in my first business is. My husband and I tried to do it all ourselves, and when we started this this um, business brokerage company back in 2013, I said, I'm not doing that anymore. So I think just focusing on the tenacity, focusing on opportunities over problems, and surround yourself with a good support system, and, and you'll thrive. Hey, I think you should write a book. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm writing a book, but not on that topic right now.
0: <laughs> it's the next one.
1: The next one. Always the next one, right?
0: Well, thanks so much for joining us, Jess. If people want to follow you personally on Twitter or social media, how do they find you?
1: Yeah, so my handle on all social media is at Jessica Fiakovich. Um, it's F I A L K, and then a bunch of other letters. There's no one <laughs> else that comes close to it. So yeah, I'm on Instagram um, and Facebook, and then also LinkedIn.
0: And don't forget to follow Sailor and Moose. Sailor course. and Moose
1: too. Yeah, you can follow. You can find Sailor and Moose first, and then follow me after. <laughs>
0: Thank you for joining us today on Heidi's Colorful Colorado. If you enjoyed this conversation, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And definitely follow me on Instagram to keep up with my latest adventures. In the meantime, happy trails from me, Heidi Ganahl.